champ is here, the champ is here. <laughs> but Sheldon, who is the champ? We're going to get into that today on this episode of You Killed It. Mm-hmm. I'm John Chidley Hill. And as always, my name is Sheldon Alexander. And as I said, this is You Killed It, the podcast about the challenge. And we're here. It's the final. The finale. We did it. The climax. Yeah. I mean, it in a weird way, because of everything that's been going on, right, like in the normal world, it seems yeah. sort of weird when you put, you know, when you have these markers that give you a sense of time. So when it's mm-hmm. like, oh, the challenge season is over and it's like, oh, 16 weeks, 16 episodes, that's four months. It's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> right? Like, that that part's kind of crazy. But here we are, as you said. And, yeah, it was about champions, right? It was about champions. Uh, we start off the episode where, you know, they're all running back to the bunker after TJ has told them that they've made it, they're at the finale, they've made the, they've made his final because he kept saying my final correct correct sort of belaboring the point (laughs) maybe a little over it for me but anyway and they go to the club one last time sheldon you gotta you gotta i have to say and like i noted this in my notes like four times but Mm -hmm. i have to say i like this final eight yeah like rogan is probably the one i like the least Mm-hmm. But with D gone, it's a big improvement. And I also have to say, shout out to the editors who made it to this point where now they get to air the like <laughs> uncut version. Well, I mean, it is cut, but they get to cut a version that they didn't have to recut. Exactly. Yeah. Must yeah. have been very exciting for them. For sure. And you mentioned the people that are left. Normally, if you if you go back to other challenge seasons, you kind of get annoyed when this episode pops up because the beginning of it is rehashing all these different storylines from all of these people that you might not really like or you might not really care about or their stories aren't really that interesting, if that makes sense. And I feel like because there were eight people, you weren't really bashed over the head with anyone in particular storyline, right? There was more time given to some people than others, rightfully so, but it was interesting stuff. When we start with, you know, you got a little bit of bananas talking about, you know, he's happy, but he knows what's right around the corner and his goal, he wants to be, you know, officially the greatest challenge competitor ever. You got Corey obviously reading the the letter from Nelson which we talked about mm-hmm. last week, which was like a massive, massive thing, right? So that was pretty cool. You're, you're seeing these people, you're getting the storyline, but it wasn't, it wasn't annoying. I, didn't, I wasn't annoyed by it at all. And you're right, a good old club scene early on, I'm not going to complain about that. And you get it, right? Because after that whole long season, why wouldn't you want to get to the club and, and you know, have a few drinks, get, do a little dance, you know? Why not? And you know... It's not just us that likes the that likes the eight remaining people. I think they all like each other generally. Yeah, like, that's that, a good I mean, point. I, I think Rogan is probably the odd man out if anyone is. Okay, but like obviously Fessy and Corey are buds. Corey and Johnny are getting along now. Generally, yeah. Fessy and Johnny have no beef. Kyle and Johnny obviously are friends. Mm. Melissa and Kyle 
are like professing their platonic love for each other in the bar. Yeah, that's an interesting, like, I don't know what's going on. And I mean, there'd be no reason for them to kind of, because they didn't come on, neither of them came on kind of professing like, hey, I'm in a relationship with someone else or anything, right? So like, no, I don't really know. I mean, not that guys and girls can't be friends, but mm-hmm. if we're going with Kyle's history of what we know of Kyle, right? And Mel, we know a little bit about Melissa, but not like too much, really. It just was kind of funny, right? Because it's kind of like, wait, mm-hmm. what's going on here? And they seem to allude to this because when they show Bailey watching them talk, right? It kind of, Bailey was kind of us as the audience being like, what's going on here type thing right i will say that like i bailey has grown on me and the uh subtraction of swaggy c i think helps (laughs) me like her okay and it's not like i dislike him it's just i find the combination of them is a little too much the dynamic hold on but let's be honest here right if and obviously we're not going to name names but if everybody thinks of their own group of friends right Mm -hmm. there's definitely people who you like them normally, but then the relationship version of them. You don't like them. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know what no, I'm talking about. Sure. You know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, oh, I totally. There's <laughs> always someone where, like, they disappear into their relationship. And that's definitely Bailey and Swaggy C. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I also want to say of Bailey, she's definitely. Like, I think I would like her. In real life, like you and I always yeah, say, yeah, that, yeah. would you hang out with this person in real life? Yeah, yeah. Well, we always use the phrase, would you have a beer with them? Yeah. I would have a coffee with Bailey. You know what I mean? She seems hmm. like she'd be a drag at a bar. <laughs> like, it seems like she's always making screw face at someone. <laughs> and that would get old real fast. That's funny. That's funny. Right? Interesting. Like, she's sort of making screw face at Melissa and Kyle and their conversation, and Melissa in general. And like you know what, Bailey, it's not your business, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like yeah, maybe yeah, that's yeah, a bit yeah. for the camera, but I don't think it, Bailey really has camera awareness. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's it's interesting, but at the end of the day, I thought it was kind of funny how they put it in there, just because t- she represented me in the moment watching <laughs> yeah, Melissa yeah, yeah. and Kyle, right? So that was kind of funny. But what did you I, think of Bananas' toast? It was not his strongest toast mm-hmm. in terms of like like rhymes or like cutesy turns of a phrase, but I also think it was very genuine when he said yes. it was the toughest mentally. Apparently, uh, I forget where I read this, but apparently they were all sick. Oh. Because the bunker has poor air circulation. Like they were that makes all sense. Like, like passing colds around and you know i think it was very tough mentally like the lack of sunlight and Mm -hmm. like because if like if you think of their typical homes the typical houses they stay in they're baller right and like Mm -hmm. even when people are annoying you you can go out on the deck and take a dip in the pool or whatever and like that ain't that ain't it chief like this is not here yeah you know you know it's interesting too like i think of myself just in hotels like if, mm-hmm. if I'm away for work or whatever, even on vacation sometimes, and I'm in a hotel for too long, it's not like I, I get sick, right? Like yeah. throat gets raspy after like the third day. Like I gotta have the windows open. Like it's I'm not a you. good scene. So 
I mean, there weren't even windows in the bunker that we could see. No. So imagine how terrible that circulation would be. And you talked about this very early on, I think in like our uh, first episode. It is so weird watching the show under the, the guise of what's going on in the world and, and people being, well, I mean, in Canada, at least we... <laughs> We're yeah. in quarantine. I don't mean to make a joke of it, but let's be serious here. Um, yeah. And being quarantined in our homes and not being able to like leave. So we kind of felt a little bit of the same, like yeah. on a way smaller level and a way different level, obviously. But there was some, you know, there was some notion of us being like, oh, yeah, this is weird. This is just weird being stuck here and not You're being totally able to right. go outside. You're totally right, um, and I'm glad you brought that up, because, like, especially for, like, so this started airing basically the first week of the pandemic, mm -hmm. and, like, here in Canada, well, I'll say in Toronto, it was still cold. Like, it was yeah. not, it was still snowing, mm -hmm. it was not pleasant to go outside, so uh, sort of the way things were done in Toronto was typically you would, you were only supposed to go to the grocery store once a week or every two weeks, depending on the early stages. Yeah. And we could not, we were only supposed to go outside like once a day, basically for like an hour of fresh air. Yeah. And it was fucking cold and like too cold to go out at night, basically. Yeah. So as Sheldon's saying, I had a lot of sympathy for what the people in the bunker were going through because like, I think all Canadians get cabin fever over mm. the course of a winter. And yeah. then to have that extended and like, legally reinforced into the spring mm -hmm. was pretty tough on everyone no i agree it was super weird it was super odd but that's what made I the club scene that much better hey it was <laughs> it was and like i cannot wait to go back to a bar or a club i also have to i have to point something out okay. because it's sort of been a running gag on this season of you killed it okay that i always point out what kind of tank it was right okay or like I, I take a shot because like i'm into history and i don't know why i didn't notice this any like earlier but so this bar that they're at it's like airplane themed right like okay. there's like a propeller and stuff mm -hmm. but the bartenders are wearing u.s naval uniforms i never noticed how did you and notice I, that? That's amazing. <laughs> they were only in the background. I don't. I didn't notice it until this episode. But okay. I'm like, why is he wearing a naval uniform? And granted, they could be Navy pilots, right? Okay. Like that's what Top Gun's about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I was like, that's a naval uniform. That's not an Air Force uniform. <laughs> like, what's happening? <laughs> I love the little things that you pick up on. I never <laughs> even thought of that. Never even noticed it. Would not have no is, idea, but hey, this I is hear you. my weird brain though. Like I, this is why I did badly in school because I like <laughs> fixate, <laughs> I fixate uh, on things that are not important. I'm like, but what about that? And they're like, that's not what we're talking about, John. Yeah, <laughs> but I had to notice that. <laughs> there's something I do want to talk to you about though that's super interesting to me, and there are a couple conversations early on, like before we get to the challenge, where. You know, Corey in his confessional, he's talking about how he thinks Johnny Bananas is his greatest competition, right? Mm -hmm. Which I thought was interesting. I did too. And then you get Fessy and Casey, and you can tell they're feeling a little nice, right? Like, 
you know, Fessy had that look on his face, you know, when, when one of your boys or one of your girls has had a little too much and then they get up in their feelings late night and you get one of those late night real talks. <laughs> That's what it seemed Fessy was on. Fessy and Casey. And he was saying, you know, they think, you know, it was a great rookie year that they both had. And when he looks around at all the other competitors, he doesn't see how him and Casey can lose. And it was so funny because my initial thought right away was, while on one level I agree, on another level, because I've watched way too many seasons of the challenge, like, you don't know what's about to happen, do you? <laughs> like, no, you, you don't no know idea. what you're about to go through a thrashing machine, my friend. Like, this is not... I also have to say, on paper, mm -hmm. I could agree that Fassi would be a favorite. Yeah. Jenny to me was the clear favorite among the women. Like Agreed. no disrespect to Casey, but Jenny is on another level. And I know Casey played football and I, this is like no disrespect to Casey, but Jenny is a beast. <laughs> like, no, Jenny no, no, no. I agree with that. I agree with that. Is a whole different level. And also Je this is Jenny's second season of the challenge. Mm -hmm. And like I follow Jenny on Instagram and mm -hmm. she has singular focus like she is if you don't follow jenny i strongly recommend you do and we're obviously going to talk a lot about jenny in this episode yeah i but don't like, follow her jenny is it's she's not like a typical fitness like instagram sort of thing yeah, yeah like yeah. she she has a lot of body positivity she'll take a photo of herself looking super trim and then like 30 seconds later like another photo of her same photo shoot with like a belly hanging out where she's like just yeah, to point yeah. out like last photo i was sucking in and i was like yeah, twisted yeah, in yeah, such yeah, a way yeah, to look yeah, my best yeah, yeah. like this is the reality like i've got stretch marks she's like that sort of person which is great i got gotcha. you but like she during the she's in the uk and they've also similarly had a lockdown She's like showing videos of how she's like working out in her backyard mm -hmm. and like she probably still is working out two hours a day. Like yeah, her, yeah, yeah, yeah. her level of intensity with just like being on top of her game and like mental focus yeah. is the sort of thing that you need to say climb a mountain <laughs> as an example or to remember numbers if yeah. you're doing a math equation. Mm -hmm. No, I got yeah. you. I got you. Um, but yeah, it, it was just weird. And, and the other thing with Fessy is just kind of like being, I get being confident, but there's a fine line between yeah. confidence and overconfidence, right? Or confidence and being cocky. And, you know, it was just weird. It was just like another little nugget that they like to drop in to kind of plant the seed here that my guy is very confident, but I don't know if it goes off like that. But what did go off was the alarm. <laughs> yes. At 6.47 a.m. And you know it's not the next day, obviously. Right? Because there's no way that they would be at the bar and then, you know, they're going to make it seem like the alarm goes off at 6.47 the next day. Like, we know that's yeah. not the case, right? We know it's We're not the case. We're assuming it's not. Uh, no, we know it's not the case because here is a deep, deep cut. Fresh oh, wow. Meat 2. Okay. Brandon. Yeah. And uh, I forget who he was partnered with, but Brandon mm -hmm. uh, was disqualified 
because he was had oh, a single beer before yes. they ran a final or before they before ran he an did an elimination. Yes, and they're like, you're not allowed to be intoxicated. Good call. Yeah, good call. So they can't for insurance reasons. They can't have it. They can't like. It's entirely possible that they would at six forty seven if they went to bed at two. Yeah, they could still be drunk when they woke up, and they can't. Yes, you definitely can. They, <laughs> so I've been would... told. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have it on good authority. <laughs> We, someone uh, told me at my church group. I assume it's the same. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. No. Totally. That makes good good sense. I like that. I like that. I like that you figured that out. But one thing, did you also notice that at six forty seven a.m., your girl Melissa's like looked like she was drinking pop and eating chips. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> is that the breakfast of champions right there? The, this is where we point out that Melissa is pregnant at this moment, like it, <laughs> when they were filming it, but doesn't yet know it. And maybe there were some signs. <laughs> so she was having some cravings. A.M. A.M. That's incredible. Absolutely I mean, incredible. I mean, the people who really know me, and Sheldon, you would count amongst this, know that I eat between four and 20 cookies per day so like i wake what? up and i have a cookie yeah <laughs> i had two cookies this morning what kind uh, of cookies hold on what kind of cookies uh it varies okay um typically oatmeal chocolate chip or oatmeal chocolate chip but sometimes i mix okay. in snickerdoodles <laughs> or shortbread <laughs> okay fair enough fair enough okay so like I'm I'm team Melissa here. I'm just saying that it's not unreasonable to wake up and finish. I also like I've woken up and finished like a McDonald's cheeseburger that I left on the counter from the night before. Hold on, who hasn't done that? We've all done that. Come on. I'm just saying there are circumstances in which I understand where Melissa's coming from. And <laughs> in my case, they might be closer to daily than monthly. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Okay, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> I noticed that. Do you know what I noticed on the point about her eating potato chips? Is that like the alarms go off, Melissa wakes up, and then we see her eating the chips and pop. So either one of two things happened. One, she got up, went to the kitchen to get her chips and pop, and came back to like watch people pack while she had her little breakfast. Or it was within arm's reach when she woke up. I'm going to go with within arm's reach. That's what I'm going to go with. Within arm's reach. That's that's that, my guess. That means it could be warm pop, which is yeah, that's gross. even worse. I don't drink pop. Like at, I was going to say something, but never mind. I don't really drink pop ever, really. Like yeah. There's very rare occasions where I do, but warm pop just sounds so disgusting. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Poor so, Melissa, we're being so judgmental. No, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, but yeah, so they end up on the mountain. They layer up for sure. They end up on a mountain, and TJ says, "This is the end of the world." <laughs> Shouts to TJ. TJ was on one in this episode. TJ had a very TJ esque season, right? Like he did. It wasn't. Invasion of the Champions when was when TJ was at his meanest. Okay. Uh, remember, who's that guy? Was it Derek who quit and they like slowly lowered him into frame? <laughs> I forget was who TJ that was. TJ just bagging yeah, yeah. on him? I forget who that was. Oh, it was Theo. Yeah. It was Theo. Theo. That's who okay, it was. okay, yeah, yeah. Um, 
So, but but yeah, TJ was on one. He he, he was pulling no punches. Definitely. So he explains that uh, it's five hundred thousand dollars to the man and woman who come in first place. So there's no second place place prize, which is big because I mean, clearly whatever was about to happen was gonna be grueling, and that would suck. But pulling pulling a Glengarry Glen Ross, right? For, for you David Mamet fans. <laughs> but the, the bigger part to all this was he also emphasizes we will reward the winners. Remember yeah. that. Right? I thought that was huge. That was very well done. Mm-hmm. So he also goes on to explain that you'll be climbing 9,000 feet of elevation while trekking 12 mi- miles through thick snow. And... We talk about people who listen to this podcast a lot know that, you know, there's certain situations that come up and sometimes it happens in the final, but sometimes there's challenges throughout the season that we talk about where we say visually you look at something and it looks hard, but it doesn't fully translate how hard it really would be to accomplish this feat. And when he was explaining that, I was like, yo, that sounds crazy. And, yo, we look at it, we see it, but I still don't think we were able to fully grasp how difficult this challenge would be. Because we didn't even mention, like, obviously we see the snow, so, okay, cool, it's cold. But, like, how cold is it, right? And I think I saw somewhere said, like, minus 20 was one of the things in one of the graphics. I'm so glad you asked. It was in one of the graphics, and I assumed it was minus 20 Fahrenheit because it's American show. So I looked it up, and okay. that is nearly minus 30 celsius so it's like 29.89 like minus 29.89 ish yeah ballpark if memory serves celsius yeah and i personally love it when they do challenges in the cold because mm-hmm. it's something i can relate to not to harp on our <laughs> canadianness you're making us sound like you know let me go out to back to my igloo <laughs> this is what you're making us sound like right now <laughs> well, but like in in fairness, yeah, most of our listeners are American, and mm-hmm. not all of them are from the northern United States. Some of them are from the south, okay, and they may not have the familiarity mm-hmm. with cold weather conditions that we do, okay. So, for example, I could tell you that it was definitely um, they were being real with mm-hmm. that temperature because you could hear it, and I don't know if you noticed it, Sheldon. But when they're walking in the snow, the snow is creaking. Yeah. And that means it's colder than minus 15 Celsius. Like, that's something <laughs> that you know when you live in a cold climate. I don't know that. How do you know that? That's incredible. How do you not know that? That's I don't the thing. know that. How, how, if, why would I know that? Mm, I, I know it. <laughs> if, snow, if snow creaks like that, I'm not talking like, you know that creaking sound? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that means it's lower than minus 15 out. I had no, I, I did not know that was a thing. People hit us up in the comments for sure. I get educated on things that I didn't think I would be educated about each and every week while doing this podcast with you. So the, I appreciate that. The other thing that I'm going to assume that you can like co-sign on, and I okay. hope now, <laughs> is they never talk about this, but like they're going to, these guys are going to have the worst case of bloody lung from like, all this exertion in the cold. Yeah. 
So there you go. You, you so, know the bloody lung. The thing, though, that I find super odd, right, that, you know, wasn't emphasized enough with just how cold it was. I don't think they talked enough about how, like, their faces being exposed, you know, yeah. how many layers they were wearing, gloves, right? Like, yeah. how many gloves? Um, one of the things I always remember, and I forget the exact temperature, but... In Canada, our equivalent to the BCS championship for football is called the Vanier Cup. And there was one year we were doing that for the network I work for, or I used to work for, I guess, at this point. And um, it was in Hamilton, and it was freezing cold. And we knew we knew it was going to be freezing cold going in. And so in preparation, the whole thing was, okay, how many layers are you going to wear? All this stuff. But whatever. You layer up. And to me, I'll never forget this, but I was keeping track of the moment where I was like, okay, the coldness has gone through my like eight layers that I was wearing and I am now cold. And I remember the moment it was in the second quarter with like three minutes left in the second quarter. I remember being like, oh shit, I'm freezing cold right now. (laughs) Yeah. And there's still more than half of this game to go. And I'm just standing and walking up and down the sidelines, right? So to be running up a mountain back and forth Mm -hmm. like i can't fathom how difficult this would be to do well so for those of you who are not familiar with bloody lung because let's not gloss over how unpleasant that is yeah the humidity in your uh breath in your exhalations (laughs) crystallizes down your throat and like cuts your throat a little bit so you taste blood as you're running or walking especially if you're running and on top of that they're dealing with the elevation Mm -hmm. so they can't catch their breath like i don't know sheldon how much like climbing or anything you've done at elevation you feel it so fast (laughs) uh super bowl weekend which i guess would have been the last trip i went on before this all lockdown happened we went to actually a friend of ours that you would know actually it was a bachelor party uh beverage oh yeah we went to uh, Breckenridge, Colorado on a ski trip. And I remember before, everyone's like, oh, the elevation, the elevation, you'll feel it. Obviously, I'm familiar with sports and, you know, talk about Denver, whether it's Denver Nuggets, whether it's football, and they talk about the altitude all the time. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, so I know it's a thing. And when we're going there, they're saying, oh, yeah, this is a thing. This is a thing. And we're staying on the mountain. And let me tell you, the first day, me going up and down the stairs, I'm thinking like, oh man, I'm way more out of shape than I think I am because I need to catch my breath going up the stairs. Like the three flights, of st- we were in a, a massive, beautiful house, side note. But going up the stairs, I had to stop because I was like, holy shit, like why am I so out of breath? And it was funny because no one else admitted it to each other because we all separately thought like oh man we're really out of shape <laughs> right <laughs> for like the half of the first day until it was like oh no me too oh no me too oh no me too oh shit the altitude's crazy and i yeah. had trouble sleeping like i couldn't even sleep properly the whole time we were there just because i had trouble breathing so again <laughs> to further your point i have no idea how they were able to do this like you can't i can't picture trying to run and like exert myself to that level at that altitude in that cold 
I, yeah. I can't fathom that. It, I can't. In deep snow. And then we should actually talk about what the first stage is. They call it the first checkpoint. Mm-hmm. They have to cross-country ski, which is not easy. No. Especially if you've never done it. Correct. And they have to carry a total of 12 logs, a maximum of three at a time. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you how far they went. I'd say it's at least, what, five kilometers it looked like? It yeah. Did, it was not I'm short. Su- I'm surprised they didn't mention like how long it was, right? Like That's kind of a weird thing to, to leave out. But yeah, you're totally right. Uh, it looked like a super far distance. And you mentioned cross-country skiing. It's funny because normally, you know, at first I was watching it and I'm thinking, oh, man, this is super unfair, right? Like, if you never cross-country skied, you're screwed. But then I thought about it. And I'm like, oh, well, normally how many challenge have we challenge finals have we seen where swimming becomes like yeah. a major stage in it? And although obviously more people, if we're, you know, doing this by percentages, obviously more people swim, I would assume, than people who ski but still it just represents another part of the challenge that adds a wrinkle to where it's expect the unexpected right because you think it's going to be you know based on one thing and then nope flip the script how good are you at cross-country skiing good luck with that like i've been cross-country skiing maybe at the most five times and it's fucking hard man yeah. it is not easy yeah and then to do it while carrying logs i i don't know how you would do it like maybe like put a log under each arm and like try to yeah i saw casey your arms pinned casey i don't know how you do it casey at one point if you notice she had a when she got back she had a log like in her jacket so she actually oh, like unzipped smart. her jacket put a log in there zipped it back up Right, so that she could he- keep her hands free. Because the other thing is, as you're going through the snow, like as weird as it sounds, your arms are super important to keep you moving and keep you trekking yeah. through the snow. So if you're holding the log, you're kind of limiting that momentum, kinda that your arms can genu- generate for you going through the snow. And it was what four feet. Some of these they were saying at certain points the snow, like yeah. that's insane like absolutely insane that i I was just gonna say it would be like Corey, who's from michigan so like no grand rapids michigan i think it is yeah i think so yeah he knows and he says it he's like i was raised in snow he's like i know what we're up against here and he just carried his skis yeah i was like you know what honestly if you like aren't confident in your cross-country skiing abilities mm-hmm. and like are used to walking in snow yeah might be worth it although walking in snow is also fucking terrible and well, exhausting for sure terrible super exhausting but the thing is i think once Corey did it everyone else kind of started copying right yeah. and like realized oh okay this is kind of smart and you know the the thing that stuck out to me the most though was the fact that fessy who obviously we were saying Hey, <laughs> expect the unexpected. You might think one thing is coming, but, <laughs> you know, this was a perfect example. Fessy obviously is a beast. If this finale ended up being, you know, you just remove the snow, right? Yeah. Fessy completely dominates this whole thing, probably by a lot. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And instead, I mean, we'll get to it, but like he doesn't win and he's not even close to winning, right? <laughs> so that part is super, super interesting. Well, actually, I'm glad you brought that up and Fessy's fitness versus everyone else because so Corey and Jenny win this first stage and we, we sort of glossed over the fact that one of the things they have to do is once they collect all the wood mm-hmm. they have to light it on fire by striking a spark yeah. into some kindling mm-hmm. and then that sort of lights a fuse that like sets off uh, a ring of fire with skulls on it and that's how they mark like that they're done that stage and then they have to run up the rest of the mountain to greet TJ. Mm-hmm. Not the rest of the mountain. There's a whole lot more mountain, <laughs> but we'll get to that. There's a lot of mountain. There's a lot Long of Long story short, Corey beats Corey and Jenny are the ones that win the first checkpoint. And Corey says, Man, like Fessy's a specimen, but he was gassed. Yeah. And I think that in a strange way, Fessy's athleticism worked against him mentally Mm -hmm. and by that i mean i think he's so used to not being winded that he doesn't know how to cope when he is winded and like probably doesn't know how to pace himself as well and probably it's a different psychology when you like hit rock bottom meant like physically to keep yourself going and i think someone who's less in shape but still in decent shape like Corey or Johnny, because they do get winded from time to time and Fessy doesn't, they might have been better prepared mentally to push through the lactic acid. And we saw that with Corey. Well, I was just going to say, right? I was just going to say, in terms of Fessy, the other part of it is knowing how to keep going when you're winded is a mental thing more than it is physical. Right. And if you're not used to that because you're just dominating and you're so far ahead. And I think an important point is Kyle says very early on, right from the beginning, he's like, Fessy comes out of the gates. I'm paraphrasing, but he says Fessy comes out of the gates super hot ahead of everyone. And I kind of expected that because of his background and his ego. Mm -hmm. And guys like that are going to want to come out to show I'm going to win. Problem is. This is a super long final. And the one part, you know, obviously we said Corey ends up winning. The one part that's super interesting was how many times they switched. Like how many times Johnny was in front and then Fessy was in front and then Corey was in front. But even with that said, it wasn't just who's leading, but who was then last. Right. And that to me shows so much more in terms of were people pacing themselves were people you know trying to get out there and win did they pay attention enough to know how important it was to win because at first i was like okay Corey's winning i'm like is bananas just pacing himself kind of like you know i could get him now but i'm not going to try to overexert myself but then i thinking nah he has to know that there's some twist where winning definitely matters here first so it was just super interesting to see it on that sense but you mentioned the mentality of fessy it's just it was it was very interesting and i give him a lot of credit for doing a good job in his confessionals because the thing that we forget is that they film the confessionals obviously after it's all done so for him to confidently 
like come off as confident as he does in these confessionals that are taped after he's had this poor showing, but he's still saying stuff like, oh, I'm definitely confident that I can win. Oh, I know Corey's dumbass can't light a fire, so I think I can catch him or whatever, right? Like, it's just a, it's the weird things that I pay attention to and I think of, right? But yeah, it's very interesting seeing Fessy compete in this final because this had to be the reality check of, you know, I, I, I'm using this reference and there's going to be a lot of people maybe that don't have no idea to remember the old school MTV show, MTV Diary. Do you remember that? It was a classic yep. MTV show where they would basically follow a celebrity or musician for a full day. And it was just them telling their story of their day or week or whatever. It was called MTV Diary. And the, the it was so good. So, so good. Such a great classic MTV series. But the line that was always the catchphrase of it was, you think you know, but you have no idea. This is a diary of blah, blah, blah. Ludacris. Ludacris had the best episode. <laughs> Why is it Ludacris? How do you remember Ludacris? Why do you remember Ludacris's episode? Because... That's amazing. He, That's he a good across, pull right there. He comes across comes across so well on okay. his episode of MTV Diary. Yeah. The thing that struck me the most mm -hmm. is he was saying how when he was performing live and yeah. women would throw their underwear at him, he would have <laughs> okay. he would have a roadie or whoever collect it all. Okay. Take it to a laundromat and then donate it to a women's shelter. Because. That's he was not like, where I expected that story to go. Right? Wow. And okay. like when I saw, Luke, I'm like, wow, that is because. And he says, like in the confessional, he's yeah. like, like what would I do with women's underwear? Like, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, but like, there's women that could use that. Wow. So, so he's like, I always just have them like take it to the laundromat and then like, because like I'm still on stage and partying, like it doesn't slow <laughs> us up at all. And then like yeah, 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 yeah. have them look up the local women's shelter and then yeah. have them drop it off. How does one get that job as a dude that the, that collects the panties being thrown on stage on a rapper's tour? <laughs> I don't know. But, like, it no, was such a, like, you. creative thing. And so yeah, MTV yeah, yeah, Diary yeah. always sticks with me because of Ludacris and yeah. that, like, very inventive way of giving back. No, but, yeah, that's just an OG, like, great show. And I, I hope that, you know, enough people, I think enough people would be old enough to remember that show. But oh, the thing that's stuck in my... It's a dangerous game, Sheldon. It's a dangerous, a very <laughs> dangerous game. I know. A very dangerous game. There's people listening that are like, what are you guys talking about? The only MTV shows I know, is that Siesta Key? <laughs> oh. <laughs> right? But, anyways, the reason I brought up MTV Diary was because it was an MTV show and the tagline of, you think you know, you have no idea. And Fessy, clearly, he thought he knew, but he had no idea what this final was going to be. No. And also, on the note of Fessy, like, if, if you're him and you're like, I want to go back on the challenge. Mm-hmm. What do you do to improve, right? Like, how <laughs> yeah. do you, yeah. how, because like he's already the big, like, how do you fit, like, do you train at altitude? Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, where do you go from here? But I think that's the point, right? Like, you, that's the point of the challenge. Even though there's been this whole 
twist, right? Where and Banana says it at the end, right? There's been a long time in between him winning, and the challenges got harder, the competitors got better, the game changed so much, and you have so so many of these people that come in that are like CrossFit beasts, right? And there's still the element that makes a challenge a challenge where it's there's certain things that you just can't train for. Like in this mm-hmm. one, there was no eating competition. But you can't really train for that. Like you can, but you can't. Do you know what I mean? There's no eating competition, eating like disgusting bugs or like pig intestines or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. You can't really train for that. Um, was it Jenny saying how like she practiced her math, right? That was yeah. one thing that she trained on more or puzzles, right? And people practice those things. There's little things here and there, but you're right. In this, Fessy, there's nothing he can do. Literally nothing he can do. And also, like, are you supposed to practice starting fires? With, <laughs> right? It's true. Well, it's and, like, true. they might not do that again for, like, ten seasons. Yeah. It's, so, like, you don't know. But that's what makes the show great. So, we do have to point out two things that happen. Okay. Uh, in this first checkpoint. Like I said, Corey and Jenny win. Uh, and sure, sorry, we should point out three things. But during the course of the checkpoint, mm-hmm. Melissa is really struggling. Yeah, she's way behind. She's way, way behind everyone else. And also, Bailey tweaks her knee cross country skiing. Mm-hmm. It's not clear what she does exactly, but like she goes one way, her left ski goes the other way, and with it, her knee. And she's in rough shape she gets it out to mm-hmm. her credit they all get to the first checkpoint tj congrats congratulates Corey and jenny and says that they are the final tribunal and they're going to have time to think about who they're going to pick to go into elimination yeah. one man and one woman because now they're all tied together and have to keep climbing including going across a chasm on i don't want to say a high wire but essentially a high wire. Like, they, yeah. they have a few wires to hang on to, but, yeah. like... Okay, I'm going to say this. I'd be scared shitless of that. Yeah. And I'd already be, as I described earlier, I'd already be freaking out because I'm freezing my ass off, right? I probably can't feel anything. Can't feel my toes. My fingers are probably all done. And then now I'm, like, they're... I'm standing on this wire, (laughs) right? And like the only thing between me and falling to my death is this wire. And I can't even like feel properly or tell if, if my foot are is balanced properly on this thin. Nah, I'd be scared shitless. But the interesting part of what they said was they had to do it together as a group which yeah. kind of helped encourage everybody because if they made this a part of the challenge or a part of the like race across, I feel like people would be freaking out way more and you'd probably yeah. have people not make it. And it's just like, there's a limit between, uh, you know, competition and like the challenge and Hey, we're pushing you to the limit. And then something that's just, dangerous <laughs> and let's be serious i think this portion of it or that portion of them climbing up that mountain while we think it's not a part of the competition it is because it's still mentally breaking you down for the rest of the competition yeah the person i felt the most sorry for in this was bailey mm-hmm. because you would feel 
pressure to maintain the pace of the group, like keep pace with everyone. Yeah. And then I can't imagine how hard it would have been on her injured knee mm-hmm. to cross a bouncing wire where you're trying to maintain your balance. Crazy. And it's swaying with the wind and it's bouncing. And it looked like they were going across one person at a time. Yeah. But like if anyone else is on the wire or like just getting off the wire as you step on and they're like their weight is shaking it. So it's affecting. Oh, my God. Like that would hurt so much. Like Super that would be crazy. agony and scary. And everything we mentioned before with the elevation, which would be getting worse as they go higher and the cold and yeah. like just I mean, credit to all of them for getting this far. It would be I wouldn't be able to do it. I don't no, think I would. Like it was, and that's what I'm saying. And I, I'd I'd like to get other people's opinions too, just on how difficult that challenge seemed. Because I know it kind of came off, maybe especially the ending, kind of anticlimactic. Which will actually, you know what? I'll save that spiel for the end. Okay. I'll save that spiel for the end. But so yeah, as you mentioned, they go across the wire. They all together as a group go up to this house, but. <laughs> You get to the house, and what happens when? Well, first off, we we skipped over. Did we skip over TJ on his snowmobile? <laughs> his, yes, we did. It's an ATV with like <laughs> caterpillar wheels, so it's sort of a, it's not quite a snowmobile, but like it can go on snow. How did I know that? Whatever I was gonna say, because obviously I know I'm wrong. I'm just throwing shit out there. I'm like, that shit's a snowmobile to me. In fact, I was like, yo, that looks like some shit Batman would have or something. That you would know exactly what it actually is. Hey, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. Part of part of the pandemic has been I've gotten really into motorsports, partly for work, partly for fun. Okay. Uh when, since the challenge is almost over, I strongly recommend if you have Netflix, you watch Formula One Drive to Survive. It is I've heard fucking that's incredible. Really I've heard it's really oh good. Oh my God. Sheldon, you should watch it, and our listeners should watch it. it I've is heard it's really good. so good. good. Anyway, Definitely. I'm learning more about cars okay. and motor vehicles, partly why I'm always doing shit like this and derailing the podcast. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. I, I think the people tell us that they appreciate our wild tangents <laughs> as we weave through the challenge episodes, right? Um, but I yeah. just need to say, so far, we've spoken about uh, the cold. Like, yep. in terms of tangents, we spoke about the cold mm-hmm. MTV di- uh, diary. Yep. Uh, U.S. naval uniforms. Yep. Uh, there's something else that was right the Vanier that Cup. Talking. The Vanier Cup. We're all over the place. What can I all say? All over the place. Um, yeah. So <laughs> again, though, because the thing that was emphasized was, I was kind of wondering, was the twist going to be okay? This is a final tribunal. But in my mind, I was wondering, okay, is this twist going to be? You think you're picking someone to go into an elimination, but really you're just picking someone to go home, right? Like, yeah, I, was I wondered kind of wondering, about that. I, I had the same thought. I wondered if that was a twist, but then I thought, nah, that's too, that's too, that's too cutthroat. Too cutthroat, and you know, you're already killing them enough in this. <laughs> There's no need to go that far. But also, what ends up happening is obviously you're safe from elimination, and. You know, as they climb across this, they end up, and Jenny and Corey both have interesting decisions to make. 
I think that Jenny's decision was super easy to throw in Casey, but Corey's decision, Casey. <laughs> Corey's decision was super hard because there's two sides. Johnny Bananas is obviously the OG challenge champ, challenge vet, and, you know, seems to be comfortable in the snow. But Fessy is a challenge beast so far. And on top of that, he's also Corey's boy. Mm -hmm. So where were you leaning on this? Because I'm going to be honest. I I was like, oh, shit, you throw Fessy. Fessy. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking Fessy. But I will give Corey full marks here, full credit. Mm -hmm. He noticed how gassed Fessy was. Yes. And he noticed that Johnny was not gassed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he made the choice of putting in Johnny. Yeah. Rogan nominated himself. And then Fessy in confessional was like, buddy, you're not a hero. We were all going to vote you in anyway. But a great look by Rogan. A good attempt by Rogan. You, you got to right? try. Hey. You got to try if you're Rogan. Shoot or shoot, uh, right? And, um, then, and then it was going to be um, Bailey. Who nominated themselves? Melissa. Melissa, no. Melissa, Melissa nominated, nominated herself. herself. Yeah. And Jenny, as you said, no-brainer decision puts in Casey. But let me ask you something here, though. We both said that we probably would have put in Fessy, right? Yeah. And that's with us seeing the challenge in terms of what we're watching on TV. So we're thinking of it as Fessy as the beast competitor and, you know, he's a favorite coming in and all that fun stuff. As you mentioned, which is a good point that I didn't even really think of, we don't have the benefit of seeing what Corey's seen in terms of Fessy gassing out. But if we remove all that for a second... Should Corey feel a way about throwing Fessy in because they're boys or because, yo, there's half a mil on the line. Sorry, bro. I got to put you in. Should he feel a ways if all things were equal and he yeah. just had to throw in it's Fessy or Johnny? Do you think that would you be OK with him? Should he be OK with throwing Fessy in? I think he should be OK. Mm hmm. But I do think that, like, given his history of disliking Johnny and vice versa. Yeah. That, like, it is, like, we both say f- that we would put in Fessy, but mm-hmm. also Corey's logic is flawless. Like, I'm not yeah. going to. Oh, no. Especially how it played out. He was totally right. He was yeah. he was 10,000% right. I was wrong. You were wrong. <laughs> like, Corey was bang on. He made the complete right decision. Bananas knew it too. I think Fessy probably, well, whatever, but Bananas knew it too, right? So definitely Corey knew what he was doing and made the right decision. And Bananas, when his name was said, looked maybe the most crestfallen I've ever seen him. Yeah. Like he was just like, you could, he didn't say it, but you could see it in his head. He was just going, Fuck. Well, you got to think about it, right? You you get to this point. If you're Johnny Bananas, it's so far in between challenge wins. You haven't made it this far in a challenge season in how many years. And Mm -hmm. so to be this close where you think you have a pretty good shot at winning and then there be another elimination in the middle of the final... And who knows what that elimination could be? Like, what if that was the eating challenge? 
that was just yeah. something completely fucked up. And then that's how you're going home. That would be devastating for him. And and the look on his face in that moment is probably him thinking, how many times have I seen this play out where someone gets sent home at this point and how devastating it is because they didn't want to eat a cow's eye or something. And he, I mean, he basically did that to Anissa, who, by the way, tweeted about the final last night saying oh. like, isn't it funny how no one was paired together and how I wouldn't have held anyone back? I'm paraphrasing, <laughs> but that was the gist of what she said. She's like, boy, I would have loved to have done this final. Great point, though. Great point. Uh, some would say she would have done better than Melissa and maybe Bailey. Well, that's the point that kind of really sucks about them quitting. I mean, Bailey was hurt, so it's a little different. Yeah. But Melissa just like giving up is kind of weird because I mean, you don't even like why not even just participate in the in this elimination? That's the part I yeah. don't get. That was kind of weird. Right? So, I guess the first thing because Melissa quitting is kind of pathetic, right? And Melissa saying that she quits. She says, mentally and physically, I can't carry on. And TJ says, uh, you've seen the show before, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I got to be, I'm, I expected TJ to go harder on her, but maybe he knows how difficult the elements were and like how mentally broken someone could be. But I just didn't like her reasoning for quitting. No. Right? Because it's like, you just gave up and you just made it fully apparent that you know, as much as I might have bigged up Melissa during this season, it's kind of disappointing because it's like, okay, so you didn't even really care about trying to win, right? Like, you were just here to kind of, you know, you're the people. When people say they don't like the challenge anymore, you represent why people don't like the challenge anymore. Because you're just here to get the shine. You were, and I hate saying this because it's going to sound way worse than I mean it to be, but you're kind of Josh. You're here yeah. not necessarily to win. You're just here. Maybe I'll hang around for a bit. Maybe I'll try to make it pretty far. But you're not really interested in winning. You don't really think you can win. And I would argue, do you even want to win? For you to just quit like that in the middle of the final before an elimination makes absolutely no sense. And maybe she's too new on the show to know that the move here to try to save face would have been to go in the elimination and just lose in the elimination because then at least you know you walk out saying hey i tried i made a final i tried and i lost to casey there's no hanging your head in shame about that nobody's it's, gonna call you on that it's 10 more minutes of work and right? i mean at that point they don't know what the elimination is but True. it's not gonna be something insanely grueling i shouldn't say that i shouldn't say that that's unfair for me to say. I'll admit that. Yeah. But you you were right there. It just made no sense to quit at that moment. And I was really disappointed for someone that I bigged up throughout this season that I thought had a pretty, like, okay season. Not that she won a bunch of challenges or anything, but she was a good part storyline-wise, you know, at least for the parts I didn't see her hanging out with D, <laughs> right? That we don't know what was edited out, but... At the end of the day, it was disappointing. I was just disappointed with how Melissa went out. And I thought that was kind of whack for how that's how Casey would advance. I thought that was kind of lame. And 
completely unfair to Anissa, completely unfair to, you know, Tori, completely unfair to, if you think just any of the other women that would have taken, Nani, that would have taken her place, right? More than anyone, unfair to Jenny, who essentially had uh, a competitive advantage taken away from her through no fault of her own. Mm-hmm. And Jenny and Melissa yeah. are supposed to be friends. Like Jenny yeah. voted in Melissa's favor. Yeah. Because, you know, they came on the show together. Mm-hmm. Um, so to then have, like, to then have Melissa be like, you know what? Like, I can't do another 10 minutes or whatever. Like, in fairness, you make a good point that they wouldn't know what the elimination looked like. But to have Melissa essentially be like, I'm going to roll over so you're like top competition stays essentially gets a buy mm-hmm. through not great and like Terrible. different if it's if it's bailey that goes in different story because bailey's injured bailey doesn't have that allegiance to jenny mm-hmm. whole different thing um so we have johnny versus rogan yeah and basically what they do it's sort of like alpine hall brawl it's called knocked out what they have to do is run toward each other and there is a bell suspended i'd say it looked like it was eight feet in the air i think someone said it was eight feet in the air or i saw on twitter maybe i assume it was eight feet in the air and that whoever rings the bell first wins the round best two of three rounds wins Mm -hmm. and so johnny like they both run They both miss, and then they sort of, like, take turns hopping and jumping, and Johnny gets it first. Yeah. And then they line up, and they have it a second time. Johnny, Rogan gets, like, the right height, but misses. (laughs) Johnny gets it, and the first, like, they both jump at the same time. Johnny gets it a half second after Rogan misses. I have a question for you, though. Okay. You're Rogan. You're down one nothing. You're both running towards it, and you see that Johnny Bananas has committed to a jump. Is the move not to tackle him and drive him into the snow, and then while he writhes around and tries to catch his breath, you get three or four free jumps? Like, is that if you're rugby playing Rogan, isn't is that not the move? It's interesting you say that because it, it would be a great strategy and an interesting strategy. I just wonder. Like, this is where the elements and what I was saying earlier plays into the mental toll that has been taken out of them, right? Are you even thinking that far ahead? Are you even physically able to lay a hit on someone, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, because there's so much going on. There's such a toll that's been taken out on their bodies. But at the end of the day, you do make a great point. That is the move. That should have been the move, especially once you go down by one. And I wonder if, you know, when they made up this elimination, if they kind of thought, hey, maybe that could be uh, part of this. Do you know what I mean? Like there would be some contact or some kind of fight. Like, would it be as basic as just running and trying to jump and hit the bell? Because this is another perfect example of, okay, yeah, it seems pretty simple. Until you think about, hey, they're running in snow and then trying to jump in snow. Like, (laughs) until you actually try to do that, you might not understand how difficult 
that is, or at least more difficult than you think it would be. Their gear is probably weighed down with sweat, too, by that point. Oh, yeah. yeah. Their muscles would be aching. Mm -hmm. They'd be cold, so they'd, like, be losing explosivity anyway. Like, it would be miserable. I'm just saying that Rogan, or Johnny, for that matter, I mean, it Mm -hmm. worked out for Johnny, but they both could have bought themselves time if when their opponent is stretched out with their hands above their head, Mm-hmm. If they just like went for that exposed belly and like dropped him, that's all I'm saying. If it's allowed, no, for sure, for sure, totally makes sense. I totally hear where you're coming from. I got you. I got you. So uh, we come to an important point. Yeah, as you alluded to, TJ said, "Winners <laughs> will be rewarded." Correct. And by that he meant not just winners of the checkpoint, which is what everyone thought, but winners of the eliminations too were rewarded mm-hmm. by getting to go inside and actually sleep inside in the warmth. And the people who did not win that day yeah. have to stand outside in the cold for six hours. Six hours. And not only just stand outside, but outside and below a window in which you can see everyone in the warmth. Or as Fessy pointed out, Jenny is walking around in a sports bra. That's how yeah. warm she is right now <laughs> while they're still outside freezing their asses off in a fire and having to listen to Kyle just blab about nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I couldn't imagine how difficult it was, but I love how they edited that together. Kyle's like, oh, man, Fessy just completely shut down. And Fessy's like, this guy just won't shut up. <laughs> like, that was so funny. I, As a talkative person, I was Team Kyle. <laughs> because I know I would be the one just babbling constantly. When I started working at my job, they called me Dull Roar for a while because whenever I was at work, they knew that I was there because I was constantly talking. <laughs> That's fair. I can't help myself. That's fair. Um, but what did you think of this, though? Was it uh, like, what did you think of this twist? Um, I liked it. I thought it was and, really good, too. I And in fairness to them, when they set up this these rules Mm -hmm. they thought that bailey and melissa or whoever finished Mm -hmm. whoever was like on the outside looking in they thought that there'd be more people out there for sure right Mm -hmm. um we should we sort of glossed over it but bailey also when when she hears that they have to stand outside for six hours she's like nope i'm done (laughs) not with this knee i'm done And, and you know what bailey quitting so she's hurt and we saw the medic earlier on like before they did the group hike let's call it the medic was like oh she's done like if she wants to quit like like, yeah like she's done her knees messed up if not for that moment i might have questioned a little in terms of how hurt is she but when you put it in the context of okay my knees messed up i probably don't think i can beat jenny or casey with my one knee I'm not going to sit out here and and be in this freezing cold for six hours. And listen to Kyle. And listen to Kyle, yes. But you know what I mean? Like, the, the, the point of her trying to tough it out just doesn't make sense. It didn't to make what sense. End. Right? To what end? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I kind of understood that. I get it. But I get I, it, too. Disappointing. Yeah. Um, I would have hoped for better with... 
because uh, like I do think Bailey had a good season. I would have hoped for better. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to see her go further. Same goes for Melissa. Yep. But I get it. I get it for Bailey more than I do Melissa. But I understand why she made the decision that she did. Yeah. Um, the interesting part, though, is so the next day. When, because obviously after six hours, Fessy and Kyle are allowed into the house. You would assume that maybe not the whole six hours, the people inside were sleeping. But even if it's four extra hours of sleep that they got, that would be well worth it going into the next round. Four extra hours of warmth, right? Going back to the next day where you got to get back into the snow and do it again. And there's a blizzard going on. And it was just really simple. The second part of it was you go through, you do a math equation, <laughs> right? While you're you're hiking through this mountain again, you do the math equation, unlocks a combination. The answer is an answer to a combination. You smash a skull and you continue up the hill to where TJ is for the win. So it wasn't over, it wasn't overly complicated, but I mean. It shouldn't have been overly complicated, I'll say, for the the math equation. But it did make me think right away, why would you quit? Because that was the equalizer right there, right? You know there's going to be some equalizer that comes up that you don't know how good someone is going to do in the math equation or math puzzle. Like Casey was described as a beast and she timed out timed out so i wonder if because they said there's no money other than just winning if that also made people quit because oh i can't win so i might as well just give up yeah that's a good point but if there was more incentive like let's say oh second place gets fifty thousand dollars or something like that if then you know melissa would have been more likely to say you know what i'm gonna give it a shot to try and at least win an extra fifty thousand dollars but the second part of it because i know there's some people that think oh it's kind of anticlimactic i kind of thought the very ending was right just going up the hill and bananas and jenny getting there but the math part we can't skip over we can't (laughs) because it would be an equalizer um there's a moment that i i wanted to sort of like highlight here that i found a little odd mm-hmm. and that's about casey not being able to finish and that's first of all once people start to leave mm-hmm. i would have looked at their combination locks because they would still have the final number <laughs> also so Corey was the second last person yeah and casey Corey was the, the first one there right yeah, Corey really struggled. God bless him. Not a mathematician. No. And so she has had, she's gone back to like re-examine all the numbers because she's struggling so hard coming up with the combo. Corey goes by her and he says, it's just you. Like, I'm, I'm the last one. Like, mm. good luck. I wondered, why wouldn't he say to her 1136? So here's the thing. Maybe they're not that cool. But Maybe, he's I also, don't know. He's also not cool with Jenny. True. But and it has no bearing on how he's going to do. Yeah, and like no, at that I, point, I agree. Jenny's been gone for like 10 minutes. Like Jenny still has her head start. Like I don't, I just didn't understand why he wasn't like, yo, 1136, <laughs> see you later. So there's, there's a thing here, right, where 
Corey's edit at the end, right? Follow me here for a second. Mm-hmm. He's very humble in his loss. He's okay. But he blew this, right? Like, he should have won. And I wonder if in that moment with Casey, there's part of him that's kind of like, oh, man, I'm going to look really bad here. So at least there's going to be someone that looks way worse than I did. And that's why he doesn't say anything. And I don't know. I'm assuming I'm trying to get into his head, which I have no idea. But maybe it's the fact that, you know, I fucked up so bad. And is the edit going to be all about me basically shitting the bed and letting everyone down because the edit wasn't like that the edit was really nice considering the three to one lead that he blew or what's the uh what's the patriots falcons is it 28 to three yeah, i should know this three you should know this. i should know that but do you know what i'm saying like yeah. the edit could have been way worse just showing how much Corey fucked up but so that leads me to believe maybe that's why he doesn't give her the answer Right, yeah, because someone else is gonna look worse than he did in that final because they fucked up way worse than him. The other part, though, that I want to say about Casey, because mm-hmm. this relates to Fessy, and going back to that prior conversation, that nugget they gave us in the beginning of them two being like, "Oh, no one can beat us." Experience on the challenge matters because if the roles were reversed, and that's Johnny Bananas who's at the end there, or if that was even a Cara Maria or just someone who's been in the game long enough or they would ask they no, they would yes they would ask but even before that to further to your point to court to even what happened with Corey I would have looked at someone else's they clearly would have looked at someone else's combination and gotten the answer we've seen that time after time again in a final where the first person finishes their puzzle and then everyone else just kind of looks at what they did and then boom they're off We've seen that, I want to say, in all seasons of the final, or at least at some point in the competition. It it happened last season. Yes. And, like, oftentimes with puzzles, you'll see the experienced veterans trash their puzzles. Exactly. Once they get the check confirmed, they trash their puzzle because they know someone might look. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about Fessy, though, because he actually did well in this first stage. Well, because he beat Corey, he got there after Corey, but then solved the math equation really quickly, and he was gone up the hill. Yeah. And then they show another shot of Bananas passing him. And Jenny passes him. Jenny passes him. Kyle passes him. And you're kind of like, oh, shit, like, what happened? And then Corey passes him. And then Corey passes him. And it's kind of like, oh, shit. So... The one thing about this challenge and how it was shot, because, you know, I, as I mentioned, my stupid brain always works from that angle. Shooting this challenge would be so difficult, right? You have GoPro footage, but that's just showing one person's point of view. You probably have a couple camera people, but how safely can you have a camera person filming while also climbing a mountain right like i'm sure they probably have a guide with them that's like making sure they don't fall and all that but how many different camera people are you gonna have are you gonna have enough to kind of follow every single person no so once fessy gets way far behind he's kind of lost and out of the view of the camera people because you probably Mm -hmm. have one person that's with the winners and one person that's at the that's with the last person Right. So 
it's crazy because even when you go back to the first day and how many times we mentioned it, right? The lead kept changing and we don't really get a good view of that actually happening. We don't really get a good view of, well, who was in the lead and then how far ahead were they? And then what was the comeback like? We don't see any of that really. And that part really leaves a lot to be desired in terms of did Fessy gas out? Like how bad did Fessy gas out? Did he pull a Zach? here right where zach couldn't get up the hill and you know when he was partnered with laurel right yep you know it it just makes you wonder about how how that really went down but it was uh it was not a good performance for him but i think it was a reality check a challenge reality check in terms of as mentioned you think you know but you have no idea so jenny actually wins first overall yes, which is a big deal which I is think. huge and like won by quite a bit mm-hmm. and johnny is second yep. but also wins for the men so they each get five hundred thousand dollars who was third up that mountain sheldon kyle and i gotta say kyle had a great finale performance yeah i was very interested in that I, and so there's a lot of things I want to know, which I don't know if we'll get answers to. Maybe we'll get them in the reunion, but who knows? But I wonder, because the way that Kyle came in second and he was like happy to be like, oh, yeah, I came in second. I would much rather, no one else I'd rather lose to. Like Kyle to me is the guy who doesn't really care that he lost, right? Like, He's going to be happy and proud to go forward and be like, oh, man, I came in second to bananas in season whatever, right? Like, I'm a vet. I'm an OG. I'm a, you know, I made a final. I came in second, blah, blah, blah. Like, he is going to be someone who's going to wear that, like, that narrative. Like, that's going to be in his Instagram, Twitter bio. Do you know what I mean? He's going to come on the next season of the challenge and brag about that. Corey, his sole focus was, fuck, I want to win. And so once he realizes that Bananas is going to win, did he just sort of shut it down and just be like, oh, whatever. And kind of that's why Kyle came in second. I don't know. Does that matter? Should it matter? I I don't know. I I see both sides. But do do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I I don't think coming in second mattered to Corey as much as it would matter to Kyle. I'm so glad you raised this. (laughs) Because listener Autumn Knight messaged me last night. Okay. And she sent a very nice, lengthy message. And as you might recall, Autumn and her husband listen to our podcast separately, then come together to talk about it. But they can't agree on something because allegedly... Yeah. The finale was rigged. Oh. And the accuser... Wow. ...is Kyle. Okay. So, this is the rumor on the internet. This is rumors and speculation. I, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. This is um, this was sent to me, like I said, by Autumn Knight, but it's tweets from someone called GamerVev. Okay. And was sort of shared by MTV Challenge Insider. So, we're getting okay. this like fourth hand. But, Kyle claims the season was rigged for bananas, and he was pissed after the final filmed because they had to reshoot a segment, which he claims is how Bananas won. 
He's saying there was only supposed to be one winner, Jenny, but production pulled her to the side and she was okay, she was fine, with two winners. Kyle was extremely upset with production after the final rap, claiming he wouldn't, excuse me, claiming he wouldn't do another season. Maybe production made a deal with him saying they'd edit out him cheating on his girlfriend from home in order for him to keep quiet, not get as upset. Again, this is all gamer Vev. Hold on, hold on, hold on. They would edit out Kyle cheating on his girlfriend? Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, Autumn also wants to know if we think this was the most anticlimactic final ever. No real puzzles or eating. What the heck? Uh, which also, I have to point out, uh, Unbent Flow messaged us and says, what are the odds that the inclement weather changed the plan for day two of the final? It seemed absurdly easy by recent standards. I think that's definitely a possibility. I think that's a possibility. And y- you were talking about like the difficulties from a production standpoint of filming something like this. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that occurred to me is they'd be relying on drone footage, of course, right? Yes. I don't know how well drones would be at in flying snow. in a blizzard. For sure. And also, like, my iPhone battery can barely work when it's, like, minus 10 out. And mm-hmm. drones have infamously short battery life. Like, most yeah. drones can fly for eight minutes before you have to switch out batteries. Yeah. In the cold, that could be two minutes. And, like, for frankly, sure. if a drone dropped... By the time you got to it, you wouldn't be able to find it in that snow. Like, it'd be covered. So I imagine there are some difficulties. I totally agree. Too. Yeah, what I totally agree of- with that. So first off, I think, I definitely think there's a possibility where something else could have been in store for the second day of the final. Definitely yep. think that. Um, it's definitely a possibility. In terms of them rigging it for Bananas to win, I don't even understand how that would happen. Like, because if they say at the very beginning, the men and women are splitting it, like, why would, I don't understand. Like, did they film TJ saying that afterwards? I know they've, in the past, edited out sections. So, like, they would air, like, four a finale that was broken up into four segments when in reality it was in five segments yes, and that yes, fifth yes, segment yes. made a difference or did not as the case But I'm be. saying but I'm saying okay so they all get up to the top everyone's like oh bananas won like he celebrate so is that what they're trying to say was reshot because that doesn't uh, make any sense Right. Like you're seeing them all come up the mountain to the end and Jenny's there and it's like, hey, Jenny, you won. And then Bananas, hey, you won. But how would if they cheated that, how would Corey Fessy like there's too many other people involved that would probably have beef with them just handing Bananas five hundred thousand dollars for no reason. And also, if I'm Jenny, if the deal was the winner gets a million. I'm not just handing over half a million dollars just because. Why would I do that? I don't know. I have a tough time believing that. I have a very I, tough time believing that. I do too. I will say Kyle has not tweeted since June 10th. Okay. Um, and that is about it. He did in May 
um, tweet out, vote for Johnny, he needs this, when The Ringer was having the best reality TV character poll. Okay. But Kyle's been pretty quiet through this season, which is interesting. That is kind of weird for someone because, who comes in second and would like to brag on it. And they're supposed to, part of the deal is they're supposed to tweet and like promote the program like mm-hmm. as it's aired. Sometimes they're quiet, though. Like, he's not the only one that's been quiet this season, but... For sure. It says something. I don't know what it says. We had other listener comments, though. Uh, hold on. You didn't say what you think. Do you well, think no, I agree this is with a you. thing? I don't, I don't see how it would have been done. And I'm, I'm also generally, like, not a believer in conspiracy theories. Yeah. Because, like, I always think, like, if you... If you add up the fact that there was eight cast members that would have seen this, yeah, six of whom did not win. Exactly. Uh, like they can't. Like you're telling me, Rogan has nothing to say on this. Corey has nothing to say on this. Fessy has nothing to say on this. When they all would, in theory, be victims of this conspiracy. And also. So hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry, just to re, just to make sure I, I'm I'm getting this conspiracy theory correct. Okay. They're trying to say that initially because I thought the same thing too when they were like the winner gets a million dollars, like the, yes. the winning prize is a million dollars. But then they said, oh, it's split between the men and the women. That so, did seem like a change. That did seem like a change. Correct. I will acknowledge that. But what I'm saying is. I cannot see a scenario or I struggle to see a scenario in which they actually film the entire finale, right? Jenny comes in first and then the producers are like, okay, we need to refilm some shots here because we're going to make it the first man and the first woman and you're going to split the 500,000. So we're going to reshoot you guys at the top of a mountain Right, everyone just getting to the top of the mountain, and then we're gonna reshoot that just for that scene. Like that seems kind of weird. Like, why would anybody agree to that? I That's also, the part I don't get. Because my beef don't... would be if I'm Corey, I'd be like, "What the hell?" If I had known that, I wouldn't have given up. Yeah, because I knew that Jenny was so far ahead of me. That's why I stopped. Yeah, yeah I don't. I don't buy that. I don't. I buy also. That it doesn't improve Kyle's position. Like you could be like, yeah, it's yeah. kind of bullshit that they split the money, but it doesn't mean Kyle was robbed of any money. Either he's second to bananas or he's third to Jenny. Either way, he's yeah. not getting paid. You and the know? insinuation like, is they only did this because it was bananas, right? Yeah. That to me, like I get it. Bananas, like bananas is the franchise. I get it. And I understand that. But Johnny Bananas making it to the final is enough for the brand. Johnny yeah. Bananas, like, they didn't need Johnny Bananas to win. Like, it's not like he's going to go on some crazy, like, promo tour now. Like, you might see him do some interviews for sure. But it's not like it's going to be some way bigger deal because Johnny Bananas won. Although I will say, Giannis Antetokounmpo, if we Woo. go back to the very beginning... It's probably happy. I haven't checked his Twitter account. I haven't checked it either. But if we go back to the very beginning, our preview episode, Giannis was all about this season in hopes that Johnny would do well. I also like that Johnny acknowledged the curse 
that he had not won since stealing the money from Sarah. And mm-hmm. the curse that Jemmy always was like, there's a curse. He's cursed. He angered yeah. the gods. Uh, we do have more questions, though. Let's get to them. Okay. Or thoughts. Uh, Lawrence Thomas, mm-hmm. our man LT, says, so ends another challenge season. That was probably the hardest final environment they ever had. I agree, Lawrence. Mm-hmm. But sadly, it was a pretty one-dimensional final and felt kind of short. But throwing in one last elimination was brilliant. I agree, and he sort of touched on some of the things we've said. Yeah. Lucas Wyatt says, when Jenny beat Johnny, she's a beast. Who would have thought that Kyle would beat Corey and Fessy? Puzzles, equations are the great equalizer. Pretty good final, but I wish there was an eating challenge. I agree with everything Lucas said. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Um, I also got to say, I don't know about you, I didn't really have a line of the episode beyond maybe TJ saying, like, you've seen the show, right? Because <laughs> everyone was too gassed out to say anything funny. Uh, I, guess bananas, I guess bananas maybe saying curses be damned, Yeah, which might also prove to be a good title. For the uh, the yeah. episode, but curses be damned! I'll remember that. I like that. Bananas. It's it's interesting, right? Because there's a lot of different things here. I don't know. Like, it was a weird final. There's definitely something weird, right? Yeah. Like, and maybe we will find out if there was something off with the very end of it. But with that being said, there have been other challenges before. Where the final has kind of been like I, I remember having this feeling after finals previously, where yep. like it ends and you're kind of like, oh, that's it. Like you were expecting another. Remember the one that Kara won? Yeah. Right. I remember that season, and I forget what season that was off the top of my head. But free agents, maybe. But I remember that season, and after that final ended, I remember thinking, oh, that's it. Like I thought there would have been something else here as well so that feeling you know i'm kind of on the fence here like i want to be in on the conspiracy theory but on the other hand it doesn't really make enough sense and again this shit was just really hard yeah (laughs) right yeah so yeah there's a lot of different things i i i i I think here about this but sorry i have i have my suspicions Mm -hmm. but who is your mvp of the episode and of the season Oh, it's got to be Bananas. I mean, at the end of the day, I got to give Bananas a lot of credit because, oh, the one thing I will say when you mentioned the curse, as soon as he acknowledged it in the confessional, I was like, okay, he's going to win. Because I yeah. was like, wait, has he even acknowledged the, has he acknowledged the curse before? Right? Like, so when he did acknowledge it midway through the episode, I was like, oh, okay, Bananas is going to win. But with that said, got to give the guy credit because... He went back into the lab and learned from the mistakes he's been making on the prior seasons of the challenge. And he came in and played a game kind of more familiar to what CT has been doing the past few years, where you kind of just lay low, you play a father figure. Even at the very beginning when Ashley tried to go at him and be like, yo, we got to get bananas out. He kind of flipped it very quickly and put it all back on her. Right. And be like, Ashley, what are you trying to do here? And other than that, went quiet, 
stayed below the radar, had his numbers, but didn't wasn't loud about it. Played well, his position, had his crew with him, laid low, was thoughtful about when he was going to go into the elimination, and that was against Wes, which, again, there were rumors about did Wes and Bananas have a deal with each other in terms of uh, they were going to try to get each other to go as far as possible, but, you know, and then at some point, they make a deal with each other, and then the other one goes through, and that person wins, and they share the money or whatever. There's rumors of that also floating around online, but either way, I think the way that he played this season was smart. Partner with Wes, why make another enemy? Lay low and just handle your business. Lay around until the the end, and then take advantage of the fact that you have more experience at doing this than the others do. And we make the basketball analogies all the time, but experience matters. It right? really matters on this show. Yeah, being in certain situations and knowing how to deal. Think about the things that you brought up, right? That we've brought up throughout this episode. Fessy gassing himself out super early. If you've been through this before, you would know not to do that because you know there's another full day coming after it. So you got to pace yourself. Uh, what you said about the skull and Casey bananas would have known if he couldn't figure that out I'm just gonna look on someone else's right he would have done that we know that so the experience of it all matters and you just got to give him credit for the season that he had the redemption season that Johnny bananas had and yeah I think he was already the greatest challenge competitor ever and in his mind this solidifies it because I think now it puts him in victories in different eras, which I think is also important. I also think he was worried because other people were catching up to him in terms of reputation. Yes. CT a little bit. Jordan, certainly. Ashley, definitely. Even when Johnny got most of his victories, the prize money was a lot less. So in terms of total money won... People sure. were catching him and surpassing him, but now $500,000 really boosts him. And he For made sure. the point, that moment was Sarah, he said it was 10 years ago. It was not that long ago, but it was like seven years ago? Like, it's I'm been no a while. It's it been has been some time. I that is a long some... time to be in a drought when this is th- essentially your career. I thought someone referenced six years in between wins for him. I thought someone referenced that. Maybe I saw that on Twitter. Or maybe he said that in on the show or something. I thought I heard that, but whatever. Either way, as I think about it now, and, I, and you know I'm always on my sports references, maybe the best comp is the second two championships that Kobe won. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because... Early on, he won with Shaq, and there's always the excuse that you won with Shaq. And then you go through these moments where, obviously, Shaq and Kobe have the breakup, right? Bananas and Sarah, right, has their breakup. You got to remember how bad that was in terms of, you know, a lot of people felt that when Kobe said you got to trade Shaq, that's kind of like Bananas turning on Sarah and taking the money, right? And then yeah. there's a lot of down years that happened to Kobe after that. Not good years happen for him. Other guys start coming up. You're seeing the Carmelos, the LeBron. LeBron is in his prime at that point where Kobe wins those next few championships. The Celtics load up. 
to come at Kobe as well. Dwight Howard is one of the top players in the game. And Kobe comes back and wins back-to-back championships. And if I look at this now, I think of Bananas, and I look in that light, and I think, you know, to me, Kobe solidified his GOAT resume with those second two rings because it was different eras, because he did it without Shaq, because of the adversity that he faced in between the stretch of the first championships to the next one. When I look at Bananas, kind of think of it in the same light. I will say, for me, Jenny is the MVP. Mm -hmm. And like, I agree with everything you've said, about yep. Johnny. But Jenny, not just for this episode, but start to finish, she has done something that we have rarely seen mm-hmm. on the sh- on the challenge. And that is not only did she win, but she kept her morals and integrity in, in, intact. That is very difficult. I can't remember mm-hmm. the last time we saw someone do that since Landon and his partner Carly from Fresh Meat 2. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only person that can really, there's maybe two people that can have gripes about how Jenny went about her business. That was Corey, who In- feels like she let him down. Yeah. And D. But also, D started it. For sure. Like, I don't think it's uh, morally ambiguous to finish what someone else started. When D announced to Rogan that she was getting for Jenny. No, Jenny, I agree with you. I agree Jenny with you. worked in the offseason. As you said, in this episode and previous episodes, she's alluded to the fact that she worked on puzzles every day and worked on her math skills. Obviously, she worked on her fitness. Um, she didn't play a particularly political game. She was a little involved in politics, but rarely. Mm-hmm. Uh like I said, she maintained her integrity. She didn't backstab anyone. There is no like backdoor deals. She, she should not have gotten like tried to be political to stay out of that final elimination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like it also goes to show how pure I guess she is. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't even know how to do politics. And that's rare and refreshing. And like in my mind, I know she's like on another level fitness wise. She might be the most normal person to win this show in some time. Hmm. It's an interesting take. It made me think of Jenny and, you know, obviously she did have an incredible season. And I think her going in and dominating D at the end, like in that elimination, I think that was really impressive as well to add to her, you know, big season and championship season. Um. I do wonder, though, it makes me think, and obviously she won, so that obviously vaults you into, you know, the level of the winners, but I wrote down here, I'm like, I want to see her continue against, like, some of the other strong female competitors that we know want the smoke, like, I want to see her now against Laurel, right, I want to see her against the Killa Cams and the Tories and the Cara Marias even, right, like, Because she's a different kind of beast, but even like Emily, who I don't think will ever come back on. Well, I can't say ever. Who the hell knows? But, you know, it makes me think, like, how would she do against some of those people who are the challenge vets? Because I'd assume that Jenny would come back and, you know, this could be somewhat of a career for her to keep coming back and doing these challenge seasons. And I'd be interested to see how that get plays, how that plays out, because the other part of going forward with this 
is what happens next season. Johnny Bananas, does do people fear him again? Does it come back up where people are trying to get him out? How do people now react to Jenny or Fessy even? Do you try to get those people out early because you know it's going to be hard to beat them in the final? There's so many questions that come from it. And Jenny has, with her performance in this season, you're right. A lot of what she did politically makes her a quote unquote like normal challenge competitor. But at the same time, she does rep this new age of challenge people that came from a show that I don't even know what the show is. But at the same time, you're like the CrossFit era, right? Like I'm a, I'm, you're a gym rat and, you know, I don't know how much I like those people taking over the challenge, but Jenny at least is like a nice person when you consider everything and yeah. not mad at seeing nice people win. Yeah, I think that's my point is that she is a pretty nice, normal, regular person. She doesn't do things for like clout you know she mm -hmm. doesn't she obviously is proud of her body but doesn't post like thirst trap photos typically you know her photo after she won on instagram was mm -hmm. her like a selfie that she took toasting herself with some champagne like she's she's yeah. a pretty humble regular yeah. person and like yeah. deserves the win Mm -hmm. And I said it all season, the move is if you're someone for this format, if you're someone like CT or you're Jenny, you win an elimination and then you just hang back, right? Like you just mind yeah. your business after that. That's basically what she did until sure. things were brought to her front door. Totally agree. My, I have a question for you, though. Okay. Overall... Um, before actually two questions for you first question is how bad should Corey feel for losing and do you think that he kind of got off easy in this edit because if you really think about it nelson you know put himself on the line and let you enter the final right um there's a lot of talk about you're gonna do this for the you're going to do this for your family. You're going to do this for Ryder. And the win was right there for him. It was right there for him, right? He made all the right moves, as you mentioned. He tried to put bananas in the elimination, which was the right move. Because I would picture and assume that Rogan would probably gas out. Yeah. Right? Is that a fair assumption? But we also don't know that. Like, I would, we don't know. I don't like, know and that's unfair of me to let's say let's not write off rogan as a competitor true. like putting rogan versus bananas in is ideal true but he made all the right moves and you know the two things he struggled on in the final were the fire and the math and if my guy just does that he wins and how incredible of a story of a finish of a season would that have been for Corey to win? And he kind of disappointed. Like, he he kind of is Matt Ryan. I know yeah. I keep making my sports analogies here. But, like, the championship's right there for you. It's right there. And then you let it slip through your fingers. Especially when you find out that you don't win any money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, like, if you come uh, in second, you get no money. None. My guy, you got to win at all costs. Like yeah. $500,000, yeah. 
makes a big difference. On a math equation, my dude, a like grade three level math. I shouldn't say grade three, but at most what grade six? Yeah. Right. Like I in listen, I'm not the person to like minimize, you know, people struggling with the math because I've said time and time again on this show, I think in the conditions of doing a challenge and the pressure and me being tired and exhausted, I would probably struggle as well. But that was not a good look, man. That was just not a good look. I feel bad for Corey. And I'm glad that he... They didn't crush him in the edit as much as they could have for mm-hmm. using. That's a... They also, I felt, could have done more to big up Kyle. Like, people yeah. were... Yeah. <clears throat> even Corey, when he was, like, saying who he was going to nominate for the elimination, mm-hmm. he specifically oh, said, yeah. Kyle, I don't consider you a threat. And then, like, moved on. Correct. Good call. Good call. Kyle beat you, Corey. <laughs> like, as it turned out. And, like, Kyle joked all season about how he and Corey are stupid. Mm-hmm. And how he and Rogan are stupid. Yep. He got his fire lit. He got... He did the math. He, yeah. he caught up. And, like, we've said this, uh, Kyle's debut season. What would that... What did, that would have been War of the Worlds. I'm the I'm the worst in what these seasons were called and That's all that. Fair. But but in Kyle's debut season, he was sort of protected by Kara. But then when it came down to like time to like actually do it himself, mm-hmm. he did really well. Like he's yeah. good at endurance. He's good at long distance running. Mm-hmm. And he's like, a solid competitor. And Fessy said like, "Oh, I'm not worried about Kyle. He's not as strong as me." Kyle beat you, Fessy. Like but that. Again, it's why we love the challenge, right? You, there's intangibles that you can't measure, yeah. right? That's not, you know, just speed, strength, smarts, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting. My last question for you, though. Okay. Um, overall, what did you make of this season? I liked it. I've seen a lot of people ragging on it, saying it was mm-hmm. boring, it was this, is that. I think it was pretty good. I was pretty entertained. I always feel like... The last episode before the finale is always a bit of a letdown because they're mm-hmm. like all a, a men- mentally exhausted and also have the physical space to avoid each other. Yeah. So it makes for worse TV. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for the finales to live up to the hype. For sure. Um, but I liked it. I, I think it didn't quite go down as the producers expected it would. Mm-hmm. I think that they thought that the red skulls would lead to more vicious competition i also think they expected that the tribunals would be split more often yeah and more contentious yeah and then obviously for the last what three episodes one of their main plot lines would have been whatever happened between d and rogan and d being put in yeah and that got cut out i still think it was entertaining without that and i'll say it all day they made the right choice cutting D out. I'm not yeah. mad at that. Yeah. But it does, of course, impact the entertainment quality. Like, let's pretend for a second mm-hmm. D never said those horrible things about Black Lives Matter or black people. Yeah. She continued to be annoying, but was just like a regular cast member. The season looks different. Right? Like, yeah, it looks for different sure. with her. Oh, totally. In the last three episodes, it's a little spicier. Maybe a little more annoying. Like, I'm not saying necessarily better. It just looks different with D in it. So, 
it was I don't know. I generally liked it. I don't know that they're going to come back to this format. I think that they are probably going to do a team format again. They recently did a poll on Twitter where they were yeah. talking about like what format would you like to see? I think we've have we talked about how like my idea for a format and what I am dying to see? No. I would love to see uh, what they did with Battle of the Seasons, where it's teams of four, two mm-hmm. men and two women. Okay. But I would call it, my twist is, I would call it uh, cliques and have them make their teams in advance. Oh, yeah. I'd be so, like, that. you're Johnny Bananas. You have to find three other people to be on your team. I like and, that. And then you have, like, Corey and Nelson have to find two women to work with them. Yeah. Or and then like the question is what happens with Hunter and Fessy? Like are yeah, there two yeah, yeah. team young bucks and then you have like the yeah, uh, I like that. Uh like the like the Holy Trinity. Mm-hmm. Like how do they start out? You know what I mean? Like I'd love to see that format where they get to make their own teams in advance. Yeah. And then no, compete. Cool. I think that'd be an interesting twist, but yeah, no, I, I liked it. I thought overall this season was really good. And I think that because it takes place over four months and so much happens, like there's so many things that we forget, right? Like we forget how hot it came in with, what's my guy's name? Asaf yeah. and Jay, right? Asaf and Nani, right? And and Jay and D, right? And we forget about that stuff now. We forget about Smashly, Right. And how Smashly came through. Like, I remember there was a moment midway through where I was like, oh, yeah, Ashley was on this season. Yeah. Like, I just totally forgot about that. Right. And she was on it and like doing what Smashly does in terms of causing ruckus. Right. And and we had the Kayla and Bear situation. Kayla, which seems so long ago. Bear was on this season. Right. But that was three months ago. Exactly. So, so much has happened. And I think it was such a good season. There were so many like great, funny moments. Kayla and Bear hooking up was hilarious and them putting the pictures on the ceiling and all that shit. And you think of Johnny and Wes finally like forming an alliance and how big of a deal that was. Um, You think about Jordan and how big that was his, his elimination against Fessy. Um, CT all, was on the season. CT, CT got upset. Like CT getting upset by Jay early on. Like so much happened on this season. Nelson blowing up on women for like four straight episodes and everyone being like, yo, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? <laughs> right? Like so much happened on this season. I thought it was a really, really good episode that hit all the normal notes that we love the challenge for, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's house drama, whether it's house hookups, whether it was great challenges, which they continue to have really good, just different challenges. And again, I love that they came with the twist of the Red Skulls. I think that was a really good strategy to just flip the game a little and force people to think through a different form of strategy. Yeah. And that was such a good part of this season. So I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. I thought it played out how most seasons play out in terms of, as you mentioned, at the end, the drama kind of slows down and the strategy kind of slows down because you know where everybody's alliances lie or lay, I guess. But, you know, 
just making fun of Josh because Josh is a buffoon standing on the bar yelling and screaming at Swaggy, right? So much happened this season, and I'm sure there's a bunch of stuff that I'm forgetting. And importantly, as you mentioned, we know they cut out so much of D, and it still was hitting high notes, right? Yeah. Like that episode, a couple episodes, or last week's episode, With sorry. Nelson. With Nelson, like they cut D out of that entire episode and it was still such a dope episode from top to bottom that makes you wonder what it would have been like a full episode. So overall with the season, I thought it was great. I liked the, the twists. I thought it was really good. And yeah, the challenge, I'm never disappointed. That was a really good season. So next week we're going to have something totally new, which mm -hmm. is a Zoom reunion special. Yes. Which you killed it will be back for to review. Yeah. I'm curious to see how it plays out. I'm, I'm going to be honest. My expectations are low going in because okay. I think what, first of all, one of the things that we always enjoy about the reunion mm -hmm. specials, seeing the fits. Yes. Seeing what people decide, how people decide to dress up. Seeing we're the swag. Be, yeah. We're going to be robbed of that. For sure. Also... In those group conversations, you always have sort of third parties weighing in. So you'll have like, they'll be asking Bear and Kayla about their situation. And yeah. suddenly, out of nowhere, CT will be like, oh, but what about this girl or whatever? Like, they'll be. Yeah. And yeah, when yeah, we're yeah. doing, when we're seeing it just Zoom, and it looks like the way they structured it, it looked like they had, I think it was CT and Nani. We're speaking to each other at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I don't know. But it they're looked, not gonna they're not gonna have everyone. Like there's no way that they're gonna have everyone so, at the same time. So what I was gonna say is here's the problem, right? Bravo, right, that does like all the real housewives shows and below deck, Vanderpump rules, all that stuff. In terms of reality TV and dealing with having to shoot things on Zoom during the pandemic, they're already on top of this game. Right. So they've already done it a bunch of times. And I've watched season reunion shows on Zoom and they did a really good job. And it's not as good as like the normal reunion and everyone being in the same room. But it was still really good. Like if I go back to the Vanderpump rules, which is now canceled, by the way, I'm pretty sure I'm saying like canceled in terms of cancel culture because of yeah. everything that's happened. Story for another day. But in terms of how they were able to put together that episode and like have the zoom call with everybody on like it was near flawlessly done and so well edited and so well put together and it makes me kind of worried because the bar my bar has been set so high for how well you can edit these shows mm -hmm. these reunion shows on zoom it kind of makes me nervous because it's like Okay, I know it can be done really good now, but that doesn't mean everybody can execute it that well. So, because even the other day I had on uh, Real Housewives of, was it Beverly Hills or New York or whatever, and even their confessionals were done on Zoom. Right? So, like, new, new episodes that they've been obviously just put, putting together... They yeah. obviously can't film, but they've filmed other scenes already, but the confessionals are all done after the season. So the confessionals oh. that they've been inserting into the show, they did on Zoom. Okay. So that's what I'm saying in terms of Bravo already being in terms of production. So if I was the MTV people, which 
they're already behind the eight ball because I bet you their production, like their post-production staff, which are the people, the editors and all that, those people, and the producers in charge of the edit post-production, they've been dealing with this D stuff. Yeah. So it makes me wonder, like, okay, well, how much time could they have been spending on the reunion show that they've had to then be re-spending on re-editing out D? So it makes me wonder, and I'm interested. I'm very interested to see how the reunion comes off because, again, the Bravo shows, their reunions, have been so good, and it didn't really, it didn't miss as much of a beat as I thought it would being on Zoom. Okay, well we'll see. Until then, where can the good people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander and on Instagram Sheldon Alexander, and. You know, slowly starting to come out of the social media hiatus, hiatus, pardon me, um, and tweeting a little bit more, you know, just getting back to quote unquote normal, whatever that means. Um, but yeah, I'm here. Hit me up. I want to hear all your thoughts on the challenge and what's going on and uh, what you guys thought of the season. And I really want to shout out, I mean, obviously we'll be back next week to do this again, but really want to shout out the people that have been rocking with us all this season, you know? Been getting a lot of feedback, both of us online and in the different group groups, whether it's on Facebook or Reddit, and you know, just the DMs are always going crazy with people, and we read them. We appreciate it. Um, thanks for the people that are subscribing, because that really helps us too on iTunes and SoundCloud and YouTube. When you guys like and subscribe to the podcast, hit that subscribe button. It really helps us a lot in terms of as we put these things together. And there's some things that we're working on behind the scenes that really won't get into yet, but. Um, just when you subscribe and show us love in that sense by just clicking a button, it really helps us when we go to snowball this into uh, bigger platforms, let's say. Yeah. You so, can yeah, appreciate everyone. Always appreciate everyone. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Hill. And until next week, this was You Killed It. You killed it.